Hello, and welcome to Unprecedential, an AEI podcast on American constitutionalism. My name is Adam White. I'm a resident scholar here at AEI. I write on the courts, American constitutionalism, and the rule of law. And I'm joined on this podcast by my friend, Tal Fort Kang. Hi, everyone. This podcast is going to be just a quick introduction to what we're trying to do here at AEI on American constitutionalism. In the summer of 2019, AEI's new president, Robert Doerr, and Yuval Levin, founding editor of National Affairs, decided to form an entire new department here at AEI focused on, as its name suggests, social, cultural, and constitutional studies. And my small part of this is to focus on American constitutionalism, not just what happens in the courts, but maybe more importantly, what happens outside of the courts. The way that we talk about American constitutionalism, the work of the courts, the work of the other branches in day-to-day governance, all with an eye to the deeper principles that underlie and support American constitutionalism. And so that's what's so important about the name, social, cultural, and constitutional studies. The Constitution comes at the end of that discussion. So often we think of the Constitution as the beginning of a discussion, discussion about politics, policy, law. But it's important to remember that the Constitution comes at the end of things sometimes, the end of social and cultural debates that give rise not just to the original Constitution, but the way we think about it today. So you've always brought together a number of scholars who want to think about American constitutionalism in the context of all these other things. In some ways, this is a return back to some of the best parts of AEI's legacy. Forty years ago, AEI was the home of Antonin Scalia, Robert Bork, Larry Silberman, and other legal thinkers who debated constitutionalism, constitutional structure, the meaning of law, and not just with each other and other lawyers, but with deep, deep thinkers like Irving Kristol, Walter Burns, Martin Diamond, and others thinking about the Constitution and these debates as part of something bigger. So constitutionalism has always been part of what AEI does. But now, with the creation of this new department, it really becomes the central focus of at least part of AEI's work. Part of what we've done already so far in the department is some events. We did an event on what the chief justices, did an event on regulation in the courts, did our annual Walter Burns lecture. But for those of you who aren't in Washington, D.C., hopefully through this podcast, we'll help extend some of these debates to folks across the country. Is this podcast just going to be for lawyers, or what can the layperson expect to hear? No, that sounds like the worst idea ever. No, it's not a podcast just for lawyers. I'm a recovering lawyer myself, and and, and glad to be clean now for a few years. No, the the whole point of the podcast is to take these debates away from the lawyers. Our colleague Gary Schmidt once said to the New York Times, the Constitution is too important to be left to the lawyers. I think that's actually the best way of putting it. It's not that lawyers shouldn't play a role, obviously, and judges who are lawyers play a crucial role. But one of the real problems today is that they play too big of a role. We tend to think of the Constitution almost as the wholly owned property of the courts and lawyers. And that, I think, is the fundamentally wrong way to think of American constitutionalism. I'm almost tempted to ask, who owns the Constitution? Who gets to interpret the Constitution, Adam? Yeah, well, the people own the Constitution, right? No, we, the courts obviously play a central role, right? As John Marshall said, it's the province of the court to say what the law is. And they do when they decide cases. The problem is the courts come last in the discussion, or at least the courts come last in the discussion. And the problem is sometimes we forget that, right? Congress should have a say in this. Presidents should have a say. The states as they debate these things. One of the geniuses of the founding of our Constitution was they created a system where nobody would get the final say. And ultimately, the people can amend the Constitution if they want. But even short of that, courts can decide cases, can depart from old precedents, can correct old mistakes. 
Congress and the president can push back against the courts when they overstep their bounds. And that's the problem with leaving it all to the courts. Ever since the mid-20th century, we've turned to the courts over and over again to decide constitutional issues, thinking that the courts sort of decide things once and for all. And that might be the worst way to think about American constitutionalism, not just giving the courts the respect they deserve and the deference they deserve, but putting them in charge. And this was, as you know, Lincoln's famous line in his inaugural address, right, when he said, looking back to Dred Scott, that if the people were to leave to the courts the power to just single-handedly decide all the most important issues of our time, then we'd cease to be a democracy. Of course, law is important, right? Like I said, we need to leave space for courts to decide cases. But the challenge for all of us is to do the hard work of thinking and debating and making decisions about the Constitution outside of court. Notably, Lincoln did call it an eminent tribunal. It's to take nothing away from the court to say that all Americans have a stake in preserving it and understanding it and enriching it. Yeah, it's kind of like when, when, when you say to somebody, with all due respect, <laughs> you're giving them the respect they deserve, but reminding them that you know, they're not entitled to utmost deference. You know, like I said before, this for so long has been part of AEI's legacy. And when you look back in the 1970s and into the 80s, with things like then Professor Scalia's writings in Regulation Magazine, you see the books that AEI published, most of them edited by Robert Goldwyn on how does the Constitution secure rights, or a book called Separation of Powers, Does It Still Work? AEI, time and time again, served as a home for these debates, encouraging scholars and lawyers and others to think about it. In some ways, the best evidence of AEI's success in that era is the fact that lawyers have forgotten about it. Lawyers tend to think that originalism, textualism, constitutional conservatism was invented by some judges and some lawyers in the Reagan Justice Department. And obviously, that era of judges and lawyers played a huge, huge role. Fact is, the groundwork for all of that success in American conservative legal movement was really laid by people like Irving Kristol and Martin Diamond and others who are here at AEI and elsewhere writing about the bicentennial of the Declaration of Independence, people like Herb Storing writing about the Anti-Federalist. I mean, the fact is, when you get back into the, 60, into the 1960s, people weren't talking about the American founding. It was the bicentennial that helped bring attention back to it, and scholars like Storing and Diamond and others. And so when the conservative legal movement arose, it really was built on that foundation. And I don't want to take anything away from what the conservative legal movement has done since then. It's been incredibly important. It continues to be. But kind of like a foundation of a house, you always have to look back to the foundation from time to time, make sure cracks aren't forming, and so on. I think that's what we're trying to do here. What kind of themes specifically do you expect to explore in the first few episodes? Well, of course, we're going to talk about cases, right? We're going to talk about Supreme Court cases. We'll talk to scholars who are thinking about these cases, the journalists who cover them, hopefully even the advocates who are arguing these cases. You know, the court every year decides a handful of extremely important cases, and we're going to focus on those. Things like the immigration policy, DACA. There are regulatory cases, separation of powers cases that are coming up. But I think the most important thing we're going to do is to be look past the cases, thinking about things like the constitutional fights between branches, obviously something that's on people's minds right now. We're recording this in late 2019. Things like the fights between Congress and the president. Right now, that's all in the context of oversight hearings, impeachment resolutions, and, and so on. And so it's a particularly hot time. But these are always, there's always issues arising between Congress and the president that don't go to court. And so those structural issues we need to find a way to think about them without just saying, well, let the courts decide. 
So we're going to talk a lot here about institutions, and, and obviously that's an issue on our minds since our colleague Yuval Levin is focusing so much on that these days. So we'll talk a lot about institutions. Also, I should mention, of course, including the administrative state, one of the things I tend to write and teach on the most. But when we talk about the institutions, it's important not just to think about how they fight with one another. It's also important to think about how they work inside, right? Thinking about what it means to have a constitutional executive and how should the executive go about his work. We know from Federal 70, right, famous lines about energy and the executive. But what does that mean? What does it mean for Congress to be the first branch in government? How should Congress organize itself, go about its work, see the work that it's doing? And then, of course, also the courts. Think about the courts, not just in terms of the cases they decide, but the way they go about deciding them, the way they, the judges relate to one another, the way they think about their institution, the way they think about the public that they're speaking to. In addition to all that, in addition to the institutions, you're going to hear a lot on this podcast about things like Republican virtue. All these themes that the framers knew well, we kind of take for granted today, but the framers understood that the basic functioning of the structure of our Constitution is going to depend on certain cultural, ethical values, some things that elected parts of government would come to rely on. Thinking back to Federal 55, where Madison talks about the House of Representatives, and he says that Republican government presupposes certain virtues more than any other form of government, that without certain virtues, even the separation of powers doesn't work. And so part of the challenge for us, and I think part of the challenge for this podcast, is thinking about what those virtues are, what they mean, how they might be replenished, the role of education, the role of statesmanship, and so on, and nourishing those values so that the structure of the Constitution can do the work that it needs to do. So that's what we're trying to do here on the podcast. If you like what we have in mind, if you like what you've heard, please like and subscribe and leave us a good review wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, review us, and recommend us to your friends. Stay on the lookout for more episodes of Unprecedented. Congratulations on listening to the entire episode and all the music. As a reward, enjoy this clip from an upcoming episode of Unprecedented. I guess I'm first. I'm very sorry for being late. Apology will you, accepted. Will you forgive me? <coughs> yes. Okay. Uh, I didn't think you were late, so uh, <laughs> no, uh, no apologies necessary. Well, then I apologize for nothing. What are you going to do on this afternoon? You just hanging out? or are you I'm going to, yeah, I got to go do provost nonsense. Provost nonsense. It's all nonsense. That was redundant. So this is the first real episode we've ever taped. Um, right. Fair warning. Um, we taped. Sure, like, to you. I've, I've heard you. You're good. We're new with this. But do you want me to introduce you as uh, I'm here with Tal Fort Gang, or do you want to be off mic on this one? Go right ahead. Okay, great. All right. Well, we just in, just in case I pipe in at That's some right. point, no one will be like. Whoa! He's the Andy Richter of of this podcast. Right. Comic relief. Comic. I thought is he. Listen, well, I, is Andy Richter comic relief? I would say he is not, yeah. but if you took Andy Richter and put him in the studio, he would be comic relief. That's a fair point. We need more chairs.